Hello, everyone. My name is Tim. Welcome to All Out Coach, my podcast where leaders across different industries share their legacy to inspire people to stretch themselves and lift others. Today, I have an incredible guest. Her name is Brianna Carney, and she is the co-founder of a transformational new outsourcing solution called Crewbloom. Thank you, Brianna, for making time to share your journey and some of your lessons uh, and your solution. How are you today? I'm great. I'm just really excited to um, be um, invited to share on, on your podcast and um, to share a little bit about my experience um, as a co-founder in particular with um, the, a remote model. Yeah. And we connected at a LinkedIn uh, meeting, a LinkedIn networking event. Uh, where uh, your solution, I thought, was very timely, uh, particularly as I'm a medical science liaison and have had this remote role in the pharmaceutical industry for about 16 years uh, and uh, providing new, uh, highly skilled, remote employees to a num number of different companies, which is somewhat of what your model is, I thought was very relevant. And take us first through your career journey before we get into your company. Your mind. Of course, cheers. So um, I went to school for um, business management after graduating um, college at the University of Minnesota. Um, I moved to New York, um, which was quite a big um, challenge and, and hurdle. Um, I'm a Midwest girl and have a lot of pride um, from my Minnesota heritage. Um, I got to work at a small startup before moving to Amazon um, and was part of a, um, a launch within um, the Amazon um, umbrella, which just really helped me to firm my handshake and, and to really um, get a pretty dense catalog of connections and experience. Um, after leaving Amazon, I spent a year in Asia um, traveling a, a bit, but also planting some seeds for um, my next chapter, which was that of, of launching. And very quickly in, in Asia, it became very transparent that there was um, a surplus of capital um, and it could be a, a massive value for companies in the U.S. to, to scale and grow. Who have been some of the mentors in, uh, in your career through some of the transitions that you mentioned? Yeah, great question. So I would say that my dad is um, someone that... Um, is more than just a dad. He um, is entrepreneurial in his nature. Um, one of his um, close friends, um, John Olson, had, was um, monumental in terms of me just really being able to kind of step out and have the courage to um, build something from scratch. Um, but a number of folks in, in and around Brooklyn and in New York City as well, um, people that I worked with at Amazon, um, the event that we met at Joe Applebaum has been um, with me um, from inception. And again, I, I'm just really, really fortunate and, and blessed in that way. What has inspired you about traveling um, in, in business? Yeah, great. I'm, I love that question. So I actually didn't live in, um, in one area in Asia. I traveled throughout, which was really helpful. Obviously, India is the stronghold um, of the, the outsourcing and BPO space. So mm -hmm. spending, um, I've spent um, a significant amount of time in, in India, um, all throughout um, Nepal and Southeast Asia as well. Um, and I think that really clearly it becomes really apparent um, that human beings are phenomenal, right? And that's just a baseline, whether I am from Kenya or Nicaragua or Paris, right? Um, humans are just the best. And 
they bring to the table such an expansive, dense offering. And I think that those whom are um, most, I guess, um, eager and hungry to grow their organization would be really short-sighted to not um, dig into what's um, um, at our disposal on a global scale. And so, yeah, having the opportunity to um, experience that firsthand um, was instrumental in um, launching my business. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some of the reason why I asked you that is because um, and I was born in a small country, small antique uh, country, Republic of Georgia. And I've certainly moved over my life uh, quite a lot. And uh, uh, one of the things that I've found is that we have and we share many more similarities than differences. Once you really get, get a chance to learn the different languages, the cultures, as you travel, you realize that we, we have uh, you know, many more fundamental uh, things that we look for. Family, you know, attention, recognition, regardless of our age or status or our title, you know? So um, I really appreciate your, your comments there um, on that humane aspect that, you know, uh, that you have to consider working anywhere and be, be adaptable as well, because I imagine you must have been very adaptable uh, and you must have learned a lot of different nuances about these different cultures, even probably from Minnesota to New York, there are a lot of differences, right? Uh, so um, yeah, that's a very interesting uh, journey that you've had. Now, tell me uh, how you uh, see your company being relevant in our times today, because we're living in a time that is probably unprecedented in terms of uncertainty about tomorrow. So uh, with, with COVID-19, where y your company is, what does Crew Bloom bring to those people who want to be successful, want to be productive right now? Great question. So twofold, right? So Crew Bloom is a marketplace for finding um, absolute top caliber global talent. Um, and that's a significantly more affordable than onshore um, domestic resources. And so when we look at, for example, the opportunity of being a work provider and a provider of um, a steady, stable income, that's really exciting. And the baseline of my business is top um, caliber talent. And then we look at um, the impact that could have on, on growing US-based. Um, we, we service clients in a, in a number of different regions. So having an impact on both of these um, um, funnels of my business is key. So not only, right, do we see that the remote model that we adopted from inception, so all of our folks work home-based or remotely, and what that empowered us to do is just have a greater profit margin so we could pay livable wages, right? Because top performing talent, regardless of where I live, right? If I live in St. Louis, Missouri, or again, I, um, India or um, right. Nicaragua, I don't want to just pay my bills, right? That sucks. I don't want to just work, get up every day um, and really set out to thrive and be a top performer and, and only um, be able to kind of break even. I want to send my kids to college and go on a vacation. And so what I think is um, has been a blessing for us and our business and our, and our revenue streams has just been having that remote model. So we've partnered with Time Doctor, which is remote workforce tracking software. And that gives us visibility into um, everyone's workflow. Our recruitment process um, is really diligent about conducting home office tours, making sure that you're connected, that you have backup devices, et cetera. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I, I feel is something that in this environment, when folks have been forced to adopt a remote model, um, has given us a, a bit of a competitive advantage. Yeah, great. And uh, I probably should uh, take a little step back and ask you to um, talk about how how you be- began to think about Crew Bloom when you co-founded it, right? What was what was a an unmet need? What was the gap that you had identified? Uh, yeah, great question. So, um, I think that if you spend a significant amount of time in the developing world, it becomes very very apparent that um, it's just it's just cheaper, right? A round trip Uber ride. I live in Brooklyn. To JFK is I think I mean if I take Uber Pool, I mean it's eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. And for me to get um, to the airport in Manila round trip is $6 on my Grab app. And so what that presents, right, is an incredible opportunity for companies, um, in which case the oxygen of any business, right, that's in the for-profit space is, is revenue. Right. And so if I'm able to identify top caliber talent in markets where the cost of living is significantly greater, I mean, we're, we're talking... Um, it's an, an advantage that I don't think should be overlooked. But the, the flip side of that, right, is we've all called a bank, we've all called um, an airline and gotten connected to someone outside the U.S. And mm-hmm. for lack of better terms, right, they just suck. They can't speak English. They um, can't navigate um, instinctually um, to deliver um, good results. And so it deteriorates our trust in the global workforce. And so what we set out to do is just find the absolute best and brightest, um, foster an, an, a remote work culture that um, ensures that folks like showing up to work, right? Because we believe people that have work-life balance, that aren't wasting an hour and a half commuting to get to their call center and then an hour and a half on their way home, that three hours could either be spent um, delivering results or spending time with my kids and throwing a ball around and helping with homework, right? The things that really matter on our, on our human journey because work's secondary. Yeah, and that's what we're now realizing as a, as a world, as a planet. You know, when we, this, un, this unfortunate global nightmare has really reminded us about all those qualities, those fundamental qualities that we've been neglecting a little bit, family and, you know, attention, as we're now reconnecting with them over video conferencing. And Brianna, I'd like to ask you how really Crew Bloom would work for those people who are interested. I'd like you to take take some of the listeners of All Out Coach, those who are interested in a new progressive company that's all remote, you know, and providing a solution that is quality as well. How does uh, the registration, you know, work? Once a once particular company in any industry decides that, look, they want to explore your model, what are some of the initial steps and then I'll ask you some of the, you know, analytics and some of the ways of, you know, the culture, what, how that may be implied and how you measure culture as well. But let's start with just what are some of the first steps that you take? Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, um, any organization that's in need of human capital, right? We're not filling highly technical roles, so we don't draft code and, and fill folks to work on product. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, so if we're in need of... Um, um, an executive assistant, we have QuickBooks specialists, we have support folks, we have um, sales folks, data, um, analytics, and 
Um, once there's been a, a spark of interest, we will um, conduct a demo call. Um, onboarding is seamless. So one of the things that Crew Bloom has done, which really sets us apart from our competitors, is um, a free trial period. I am so confident in the caliber of talent that I have that you can try Crew Bloom out for 40 hours. If for whatever reason it's not a fit for you, um, you'll be refunded in full. And in addition, empowering our clients to interview folks is really essential because as much as I can say my, my people speak better English than I do, unless we get on a video call and we can really have that human connection, um, trust is hard to build. So once interviews are conducted, um, we will have a, a launch call. You're given a dedicated account manager who will make sure that your tech stack aligns. One of the really important pieces of selling or working with um, folks in, in the domestic US or North America is location agnosticity. So we really want to promote your crew bloomer as just a remote extension of your in-office team. Um, and ensure that they're equipped with email addresses and um, systems logins and licenses so that day one of training, they're ready to go. Mm -hmm. Ongoing, we have um, a monthly performance calls as well as quarterly compensation calls, ensuring that um, expectations are not only being met but surpassed. Um, and we are just, a, exactly as mentioned, a remote extension of your um, in-office team, or now, nowadays, um, just a remote extension of your remote team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how big is your company? Yeah, so we have over 100 active contractors. The core of the business, my team that works directly under my co-founder and I, um, is around, give and take with dev, um, or, around 25. Around 25, right? Okay. And what are some of the industries uh, that are your clients representing right now? Yeah, so the verticals we've found um, success in are quite varied. So we mm -hmm. look at FinTech and marketing and ad tech and mm -hmm. um, obviously SaaS. Um, but I would say that insurance, real estate, um, financial services, um, and healthcare are um, our most profitable verticals. I see. Okay. As you know, uh, you know, I work in the pharmaceutical industry and uh, we have our field commercial sales reps who have to often address questions from specialists, from physicians that are outside of the label, right? Outside of the indicated use for which that medication is approved by the government. And so they often have to forward those questions uh, internally uh, to a, another department that is in medical or uh, clinical development, research development, usually medical affairs, that usually most of the time outsources, outsources a, that, that task to a, a, a third party. There are bigger companies that have their dedicated staff internally, but their responsibilities and roles entail uh, recording and then just basically forwarding uh, letters that are, that are standard, that are developed for, by the company that are referenced to help advise that physician on the data, right? So there is quite a lot of outsourcing that's being done now with the call centers. And a lot of the time, they're not even in the United States. 
So I imagine that you haven't had any pharmaceutical clients yet, but uh, these medical information centers, as they're known, uh, are trending towards more outsource, outsource locations. Uh, so I think that that would be one, one industry and one particular application uh, where I'd like you to comment where, you know, wh how could Crew Bloom really differentiate itself in a, in a different industry, in a highly regulated industry, such as the pharmaceutical industry? What are some ideas that you have that you could share with some of the listeners as my network is mostly pharmaceutical industry, although not limited to it. Of course. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, um, I just want to um, set um, expectation that Crewbloom is not PCI compliant. So we're not able to navigate and um, absorb or um, be communicated sensitive payment information, which is really important. Um, aside from that, um, there's really, in my better judgment and experience, and I would think um, our client partners would say the same, benefit to going with um, in, an in-house call center versus um, Crewbloom, right? So we understand that the call center um, industry has had mass impact on um, the developing world, and, and it's been monumental. They've um, transformed and impacted lives not only on the talent side, but on um, the enterprise side as well. But that being said, I've spent so much time in the developing world. And unfortunately, what so often happens, and the reason why the, the industry by and large suffers from mediocre talent is because the way they um, set out to obtain an account. So if I'm Citibank, we have an outsourcing department and we are launching a new um, enterprise branch of one of our new credit cards, right? And so that being said, we're going to send out an RFP to the three biggest players in the space, the Convergences and the Concentrics, right, with thousands and thousands and thousands of um, agents globally. And we're going we're gonna to see who can get this done at the best price. And so um, the bank or the airline, the organization, they want, they're interested in, in one thing. Let's just get the call scores completed. Let's um, get the, the tasks done. And the call center is concerned of having a warm body to ensure that I need 500 reps or I'm not gonna secure the, the, the new business. So they're forced to lower the caliber of talent that they, that they have, right? They, the, you can get a job at a call center in India or the Philippines, so long as you can walk and talk and button a shirt, right? Right. Um, and so what happens is it just becomes factory meat farming on a human scale, right? There's no workplace culture in these environments um, and they're not paid livable wages. Um, it very transparently, call centers are um, cutting corners at the expense of their talent. And so I think that's one thing that we're really setting out to do differently. Um, and that's really, really important. I know you have conversations surrounding culture and workplace um, um, vibes and energy on a regular basis, and it's really important to us in our model. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought up that real-world perspective uh, because um, it's, it's, um, I think that's what's exciting about your company. And uh, having attended that LinkedIn meet meeting, I can tell those who are listening to our podcast that your company, when you introduced it, gathered a lot of interest amongst not only myself, but among everyone in, uh, you know, at that meeting. 
because of the model that you have and because you address that cultural gap as well and you help provide a different approach that's not just task oriented but that's oriented towards an ongoing dialogue between you and your clients and between you and your crew bloomers right as you call them right and yeah your contractors that you connect the clients to so can you tell us a little bit about more specifics of how your how do you screen your talent and what are some techniques what are some tips that you have yeah great question so um a number of companies, I would say the majority of, of massive players have company values and core values. Mm-hmm. And um, being in, an entrepreneur, you have a, um, a moral obligation to um, the folks that you're responsible for, right? Like I need to wake yeah. up every day and, and think of my team first. Um, but finding common denominators between all of us um, is really important, right? Because the more we understand humans, um, the greater opportunity we have to lead them and mentor them um, in, in management roles. But also, like, we just want to work alongside people that have similar values to us, right? And we're able to accomplish greater um, things in that environment. And so, um, Kate and myself, Kate is my co-founder, when we are um, confronted with challenging um, decisions, which is part of being an entrepreneur, we always go back to our core values, right? What is it that defines Crew Bloom? What is it that are our commonalities? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, when you care as much about your organization as I do, emotions um, come into play. But it's really important to boil this down to um, what makes Crew Bloomers um, tethered to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really interviewing and screening rigorously on the value side is important. Um, and looking at soft skills, not only professional accomplishments, but mm-hmm. asking things such as what was the last podcast that you listened to? What was what content are you consuming? Um, I personally, in my um, leadership um, requires human connection. So um, having human huddles with individuals, I always, before a contractor is um, introduced to a prospective client, either my co-founder or myself takes 10 minutes. Um, Speaking of nothing um, work-related, right? Just tell me about you as a human. You have an entire Saturday to yourself. How are you going to spend that time? Um, I think it's really when we um, dig into the soft skills that we're able to find folks that are um, not only going to perform, but to stay with us for the long run and be aligned. Yeah. Some of the strongest leaders that I look up to, that I admire and keep in touch with, I think have retained those, uh, that authenticity and those human connections and those meaningful relationships over time. So I think that you're, you're on to a very, very important path uh, that is timely, that is universal across cultures, across languages. So I really, really compliment your mission. Just one thing to add that. Um, when we look at the difference, right, between Uber and Amazon and um, Google and and other smaller players, it's just very simple, right? Some um, organizations have more talent and more humans driving certain processes. And so in, in the call center space and outsourcing in particular, the human centricity has been overlooked. Um, and I think that um, a really, really risky move and, and kind of mm-hmm. coming back to the humans propelling the systems um, is something that um, we found to, to pay off in spades and attrition is um, something we've been able to really overcome as a result. I see. So that's uh, one of your deliverables or one of your very key 
key uh, advantages, I would say, right? Uh, the engagement, employee engagement, because you mentioned the lack of attrition in, in, in the outsourcing industry for the types of tasks for which you hire them. So do you have any data or do you have any best or worst case scenarios or any, any examples uh, so far from, um, from the, since you started in terms of employee engagement that you could share? Yeah, so um, as far as um, attrition, right, mm. we've had the same contractors we launched with, um, mm. I guess, almost four years ago, which is um, really exciting. Um, so attrition, right, is um, an obsession of, of, of the leadership team at Crew Bloom. And I think that um, looking at um, satisfaction, not only on the client side and saying, how um, satisfied are you with this partnership, but also drilling down into what we can do to become a better provider of, of work and um, stable income for our contractors is essential. If you like showing up to work every day, you're going to just produce better results. It's, happiness is one of our seven core values. And I'm not going to say that there's not challenging days at Crew Bloom, mm -hmm. but we hope the majority um, are far better um, than, than those that are not. And so that being said, um, just high vibrations across the board is um, essential. And um, we oversee and, and track and measure um, attrition um, very, very um, carefully. And it's mm -hmm. something okay. we're proud of. Now, the language and the communication barriers, if any, are most of your clients English speaking? And how is communication a barrier at all? Or how do you overcome any communication language barriers, if any? Great question. So crew bloomers um, um, speak Spanish um, as well as English. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I am going to say that the world is a melting pot and the United States in particular is a melting pot. And so you, for example, shared that you came from Georgia. Right. My um, ancestors came from um, Ireland and Italy. Mm -hmm. And I think that we as humans, um, are becoming more open-minded and accepting to individuals that don't speak English as their um, their first language. Um, I know my co-founder, for example, when she she was on a um, the, a television station in in Manila and really sometimes struggles to speak Tagalog, which is the the native language of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. My folks legitimately speak better English than me. Just like it's very oh. very. Simple. Like they just have cream of the crop communication skills and it's essential, but not for every role, um, for our non-voice roles um, and email and chat support, for example, or if we're looking at a non-voice data role, um, they still have exceptional communication skills um, because of course that's, that's step one of any, of any work process. Yeah. Speaking of uh, analytics a little bit, I want to explore that topic a little bit uh, in this question. I have an analytics company as well, pharmaceutical consulting company that's focused on analytics and organizational change, which means I'm trying to make that connection between the quantitative stimulus of our behavior and how it can relate into the qualitative and the engagement and just fulfillment employees. And I think that it is possible similar to, let's say, uh, frequent flyer programs, right? That we're all, we've all gotten used to. Uh, how do you explain or how do you quantify an abstract concept such as loyalty, loyalty to your company, for example, or to an airline, right? You do it in this imperfect way that may put 
some customers at an advantage or a disadvantage towards others, but nevertheless, uh, it measures your, how often you fly, how far you fly into these numbers, right? Or points or miles, which ultimately stimulate you to fly more so that you can finally earn that free tr trip, right? Ticket, airline ticket. Analytics approaches that I've seen, a lot of them, unfortunately, I think they measure behaviors in the past rather than those in the future. Or they can tell you, for example, how much your coworker is spending on the computer, how long throughout the day or how, how long, whether or not they're working or how, how much they're working. But they really do not tell you about what drives them to work or what really makes them fulfilled or how could they work more in the future. Uh, so uh, those are the two difficult concepts that I'm trying to really connect. How are you able to analyze your progress, the engagement over time? Are there particular outsourcing like tools that you use at Crewbloom or what are some factors that you rely on, if, if any, that you can share? Um, yeah, good questions. So I think one of um, the ways we um, evaluate our performance as being a provider of, of work mm -hmm. is um, um, referral engagement, right? Because our best talent comes from referrals. And so mm -hmm. um, that's a metric that we, we look at. Of course, client success, success and satisfaction surveys, um, contractor satisfaction surveys, we look at a number of different metrics and I think that on the qualitative side, right, we um, really can um, drill um, very, very um, closely to um, some assumptions, but it's really hard to say that's um, um, something that we want to move forward with, right? Because feelings and emotions um, and saying we, we, we think that... Um, um, Sonia has done a really good job this quarter, but can we back that up um, with with metrics and statistics and data? Mm -hmm. And so um, looking at performance and um, a contractor very, very transparently on two fields, right? How culturally aligned are they? How um, engaged are they on a cultural side? And then also um, what are they, what's their output in terms of performance? So I think that's um, um, kind of our approach to understanding and um, driving the decisions we make. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now across the different industries, do you customize or do you centralize those performance metrics? Um, or do you have universal metrics that you use or uh, across the different types of clients of industries? It's different for um, every role. So there's three okay. core KPIs and metrics that are set at the, the inception of our partnership. And it's, mm -hmm. and it's varied greatly, right? So um, we look at activity metrics, we look at um, response times, we look at um, satisfaction surveys, um, and those metrics can evolve over time as, as all businesses do. Um, but that's what's gonna be revisited on, on the monthly performance huddle with your account manager. Um, top performers want to very clearly know what's expected of them. So it's yeah. really important that we outline um, what's expected and, and what's going to qualify as um, um, surpassing expectations for all crew bloomers, right? Because we don't want to just hit the expectations. We, we push further. Um, I, I am pretty, pretty ruthless in terms of the, the performance piece. Um, yeah. But, right, we think that companies um, have that upper hand when um, people 
respect our mission and, and are on board and, and don't hate showing up to work every day. We can drive better performance. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know you mentioned you have sometimes happy hours, virtual happy hours, right, that you do, and uh, which is now becoming very tr trending. Yeah. It is. So we do a number of things remotely um, yeah. to foster culture. Another thing that's really important um, that I must share is actually I'm supposed to be in Manila right now, um, but mm -hmm. due to COVID was um, um, postponed. Mm -hmm. I don't think we can replicate face-to-face -face human um, interaction. I don't think that's replicable. I think humans need to come together to have shared experiences. Um, we have a Crew Bloom Gives Back initiative, which um, empowers our folks to get out in the community and help serve those that are, are less fortunate than ourselves, yeah. um, which is essential. We make investments of, um, I'm in, I guess, um, in September, we got um, an Airbnb. It was an all hands. We all got together and just um, sang karaoke for a weekend and had cooking competitions and um, gave back to an, an ethnic minority community. But um, when we're looking at the remote model, there are things that we can do that are going to greatly propel um, workplace culture and things such as remote work happy hours. We have um, virtual bring your um, son or daughter to work day. So for a couple hours, your son or daughter can sit alongside you and um, bringing and, and engaging family is always something that we value. Um, and then little things, right? And right now we're doing um, gratitude circles. So we just um, shout out things that we're thankful for and we try to build off of those. We do selfie competitions and we, it's just, there's so many things that we can do. But I think that, um, being tethered to individuals and having connections aside from what we're trying to accomplish with work mm -hmm. um, is essential. You're going to just perform better and like showing up to work if you dig and know your coworkers. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for generously sharing those and not keeping those as secrets. Some of your yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Of yeah I know at my, at our, at my company, my, where I work full time, Eurogen, they're starting to do some of that and starting to have happy hours and even doing a, a virtual cook, cooking competitions as in some of the conferences where we're going now are all virtual themselves. So yeah. our clients and our physicians are spending more time on Zoom and, and on the podcast as well. The best one we love, my team loves first to find. So um, we'll just um, first to find um, an empty toothpaste container or first to find a Lipton tea bag. And it's so fun. And everyone's like scurrying around their, um, their homes. Like there's so many fun things that we can do um, and that we do at Crew Bloom that I, I really think um, adopting is um, something that pays off in spades. Yeah. You know, listening to you speak, I think I'm, uh, I would make it a hypothesis that that has been some of your tactics, your uh, purely human, authentic tact approaches, coupled with your, uh, your commitment and dedication, uh, ruthless dedication, like you said, to performance and to quality, are the reason why you've, you've had success and you've grown and you haven't had much turnover in your company and as among, your, among the contractors as well. So yeah. that, that's the hypothesis that I would make. So I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're sharing a lot of those. Now, I want to ask you about growth in the future. I know that you've, you've been very successful as a company. What are some projects that are interesting that you, could, you, know, that you can share uh, that you're involved in now? Or what is your next year going to look like or your, some of your goals for Crew Bloom? Yeah. 
Great question. So I think when um, Kate and I boil down our goals and kind of where we see um, Crew Bloom um, having the most impact, um, we need to focus and continue to, to, to focus on automation um, in the recruitment process. Mm -hmm. So how is it that we can um, qualified applicants? We reject, I mean, right now we're looking at almost 99% of applicants, which is a challenging metric, but just the reality. Um, and so that being said, if we're um, turning over 99 um, applicants and accepting one for out of every hundred. That's something that um, we, we need to focus on continuing to build products. So we have a portal for our merchants and clients as well as contractors to log time off and um, general HR requests, um, payment automation, et cetera. Um, so both my co-founder and I are non-technical becoming technical. Um, and so building product is essential. And then just looking at um, other markets for us to, to have an impact in. So we understand Mandarin is, um, um, an exciting opportunity um, when we look in, and drill into um, what it would take to identify top German or, or French speaking talent. Um, that's something that really excites us in the future. Um, but as for today and tomorrow, um, we're really excited to continue to penetrate new roles. We launched um, um, assistants and um, bookkeepers as well as um, social media managers, et cetera. And so that's really exciting. Um, and just the more human lives we can positively impact um, the, the better and, and that's what we, we will continue to focus on moving forward. Yeah. In terms of the geographical breakdown of the markets that you're, you're, you're in, currently uh, you mentioned uh, French speaking and, and others. Uh, what, what is that breakdown? Uh, I know you're a global company. You're based in Brooklyn and New York, right? So uh, what is the proportion of the United States workforce or what clientele that you have? compared to the rest of the world? So it's about 85% of our accounts are um, in, in the U.S. Um, oh. we, have a, we, have, we have an account in, in the UAE and Dubai, um, a number in Canada and Australia. Nice. On the talent side of the business, 85% um, 80, 80 of our, our talent resources are coming directly from the Philippines. Um, I would say 5% are coming from India, in particular on the non-voice accounts, and then um, another 10% is coming from the Dominican Republic and Mexico. Peru is an exciting market for us, as well as Colombia. Um, a little bit more litigious in terms of just doing business there, and, and we need to play by the rules. Um, but the majority of our business is done in the U.S. and the Philippines. And there are, uh, there are different um, artificial intelligence solutions that may be advantageous or may be competitive. And uh, to what extent are you utilizing that, those types of the, the technology right now? And where do you want to be in the future? Of course. Great question. So automation is something that we we have um, monthly huddles surrounding automation and what's going on in the environment and how can we ensure that because um, we don't build a, um, a company to um, withstand um, a number of years, rather decades. And so that being said, we have to be um, aware of what's going on and how automation will change um, our processes. And although automation um, will have a, a mass disruption more so and more so and more so um, humans will still propel some processes and so um, we believe that the future of the global workforce is is brighter than the domestic um, and that um, as we look at um, what's most easily replicable um, 
there will still be support coming from, from human beings propelling processes. But automation is something we're super excited about. Again, we want um, to, to better lives and propel businesses to grow. Um, and, and automation is undoubtedly, I think, a, be a better tool and something to dig into versus our, our competitive call center. Okay, great. Uh, Brianna, I'd like to ask you to tell uh, those who are going to listen to our podcast uh, discussion here about where they can find Crewbloom, how can they learn more about it? Of course. So Crew Bloom, um, just like J Crew and Bloom like the flower. So C R E W B L O O M dot com. Um, our handle on, on LinkedIn is Crew Bloom as well as um, Instagram and Facebook. My email is Brianna, B R I A N N A at crewbloom.com. So don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to connect with you, um, share any um, more insights that I have, and as well as learn from you and what your experience has been. Um, and yeah, we, we just look forward to keeping in close touch. Of course, um, Tim, we're connected as well, but um, endless gratitude for, for the time today. Sure, thank you. Yes, and you're, I know you're active on LinkedIn among the different social media formats or are there any, any events or any, uh, any upcoming um, interviews or other podcasts or anywhere where we can also uh, see uh, or learn more about Kubloom? Yeah, so um, I'm quite active in We Mentors, which is um, a program um, um, and it's an initiative from the city of New York to narrow the gender gap of capital distribution. So um, I speak on a number of panels for them. The next panel I'm um, on is on the 15th of April, potentially um, we've already missed that. But in May, I'll also be um, joining another panel discussion. Um, I work really closely with the, the women um, entrepreneur community in New York, which is quite vibrant. Um, but I'm also speaking at a, a conference upcoming um, and will be um, in touch and sharing on social all opportunities that I um, am sharing my journey. Great. Oh, great. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad I asked that question because that's, that's lot, I know that a lot of people will be interested in uh, following you there as well. Uh, what has been your greatest accomplishment personally? Um, oh, great question. <laughs> Um, so something I'm really proud of, I coach Special Olympics and um, my athletes um, had a great season. I just took them to state games up in Rochester. Special Olympics is definitely um, an organization I hold very close to my heart, but I also run marathons. So I hope um, to complete a marathon on all seven continents next March. I run Antarctica. Um, just a few, I guess, wow, in Antarctica. January. Yeah. You have run four. I pardon. You have run it before in Antarctica marathon. Not before. This is the first time. Oh, this is going to be your first time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in January, I ran two marathons on two continents in two days, which was a, a pretty big um, challenge for myself, and I'm pretty proud with the outcome. So. <laughs> yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I think you really take the slogan that I have chosen for all our coach: stretch yourself, lift others really to the next level uh, because <laughs> just by those examples alone. Speaking of All Out Coach, what, what about All Out Coach really resonates with you and with your mission? Yeah, so I think that, um, and I know your um, reputation um, at the event um, was um, notable. Um, in addition, right, just looking at your impressive and expansive catalog of professional experience, 
um, is something that can benefit so many humans. And, and I, I really enjoy it in particular, just um, the human of your podcast. I've had a chance to share on a number of different podcasts. And I, I just think that um, in particular as an entrepreneur and as, as a professional, um, we put a lot into that, right? And, and at times um, it's, we're, we're expected to be robotic and to not be emotional about that journey. But I really respect and appreciate your insistence on keeping that at the forefront. Thank you. Thank you. As I've learned a lot more about Krugloom, the times that I've spoken to you and actually throughout this discussion now, that means a lot. So I appreciate your compliment and uh, thank you again for your time, Brianna. All the best. And, uh, thank My you. pleasure. Endless gratitude. Be, be good to yourself and I look forward to being in touch. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>